Hey, what is up, guys? It's John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. If you're looking for a show that's going to give you the insight into complete athletic development and give you the tools to win, then you have found the right show. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Chris Scarborough. What's up, What's guys? Up? And we got a good show for you guys today. Today is going to be Q&A, but before we get to that, let me give you a breakdown of how our show operates. We're a little different than the norm. We have three different types of episodes that you'll hear. Episode one is the Q&A. That's what you got today. That's where Chris and I will answer your questions that you submit to us through social media. You can reach me at ELP underscore John. And Chris, where can they get you? Fast and Agile 49 on Instagram. Cool. On Instagram. And then the second type of show is going to be our guest interview. These come out every other week. This is where we'll bring on guests from across the country, and they'll share their stories of success and hopefully give you some information that you can walk away with and take to your game or, your, or to your team. And then the final episode is going to be your Friday Fire in Fact, and that is going to be about 10 to 20 minutes of me kind of brain dumping on you, talking about a little something more motivational or business-related to athletic rehab, that type of thing. Today is Q&A. So with that, we're going to get right to it. We got two questions today, one for me and one for Chris. We'll start out with the one that was submitted to us for Chris. And so question one, this family wants to know, what is the difference between the newbie and the Mark Pro? Well, uh, good question. Um, I'm very familiar with the newbie. I am not familiar at all with the Mark Pro. So uh, since I knew this question was coming a couple of days ahead of time, I actually reached out to a couple of the people with uh, Mark Pro, and uh, one of them was uh, Brian Moore. Uh, the uh, I was wondering if you were gonna uh, like admit that, or you're just gonna pretend like you knew everything about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you, sometimes when you don't know, you're not familiar. It's better to find out uh, from somebody who does. So uh, Brian Moore uh, was uh, nice enough to get back in touch with me and. Uh, also got in touch with uh, Gary Reinel, um, uh, who is the anti-ice guy. <laughs> so they and oh, they're okay. both cool. they're both affiliated with Mark Pro, and we're very informative on that. So as a breakdown: if if you know anything about the newbie, the new fit, the ARP, they are DC current devices, and being DC current devices, you when you put the machines on or you put the current on, you know, the, the, the athlete, whoever you actually want to move with it. It is a DC current. Uh, it, so, and you want to put it on the muscle that you are trying to lengthen for the most part. So if I want to lengthen or, you know, the more classical term is stretch. I hate the word stretch, but if you want to you know, lengthen the quads, you would actually put, the electrodes on the quads, and then you would want to shorten the hamstrings, all right, the muscle opposite the quads. That's how, you know, the, the you would primarily use eccentric current. Now, uh, the newbie also can be used for a, a variety of purposes. I mean, for training, for loosening, recovery, but also it has uh, rehab implications. Uh, it can also be used as a rehab device. Um the Mark Pro, on the other hand, uh, is not for rehab at all. And it, once again, this is from both Brian Moore and uh, Gary Rinal. This is, uh, uh, it is not indicated for injury at all. 
Now, that said, that doesn't mean that it has not helped people who have injuries, but it, it would help them by a totally different mechanism. It doesn't work directly on the injury itself. It, it would help some of the perhaps muscular fatigue or things like that that might have contributed to the injury in the first place. It could help in, uh, in we'll say, rehabbing those areas, but helping those muscles recover. Um, but what's interesting is, is that the newbie or, or DC current in general, once again, you move through it because it allows the muscle to lengthen while it's being used. Since uh, Mark Pro is, is an AC current, what it does is it actually turns the muscle on and creates a contraction. And we, and we, did, we did confirm that, yes. right? It's an AC-based yeah, current. It, it okay. creates a contraction all right, of, of the muscle tissue of various... And I'm going to interrupt you and just say that, that guys right there is a huge difference between what you see with what the newbie can do versus what other units like the Mark Pro or a TENS unit or Russian stem because I hear a lot of times people come in, oh, yeah, I've done E-STEM before. I, I, know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. It's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about, actually. Right. <laughs> I say it a little bit more professionally nicely, but no, a TENS unit is an AC, newbie is DC, big difference in those curves. Right. So, sorry, I want to interrupt and just dive into that a little bit. Right, more. and, and what you would do with the DC current, you actually move with it on. Whereas something like the uh, the Mark Pro, you would actually not move with it on. Yeah, you just passively sit there and accept. Correct. The so, in right. what it, the way that um, the Mark Pro works is, it turns creates a contraction, and then it gradually begins to shut that that current off or slow. Then then it comes back on again, creates a contraction, kind of gradually turns itself back off. For for lack of a better phrase. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, and it has a set frequency, set frequency. I think he told me it was two, uh, pulses, uh, frequency of, of two, uh, whereas the, the, uh, the, the newbie new fit device or the arc wave, either one can go anywhere from one to 500. So it has right. a, a large range. So, um, you know, and if you recall our podcast with uh, Carolyn McMakin, I mean, certainly the frequency of, of certain, that certain frequencies can have major effects on various tissues, also various conditions. Um, although when we're referring to either one of these devices, both the Mark Pro and the Newbie are much more powerful, have a lot more power than a microcurrent device does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, for, for people who are new to this show or just tuning in, maybe haven't heard all of our, you know, the different episodes or the one we did with Garrett Salpeter. I mean, you know, for this that particular audience's education on us, I mean, Chris and I have both worked, you know, with Arp Wave in the past, so we've had experience with that. We both work with uh, Garrett Salpeter and New Fit and the Newbie now. Um, I have three newbies, actually, in my facility, um, you know, and so we've had a lot of experience with EMS over the years. Um, the newbie is, I had to explain to somebody, basically the newbie is like the most powerful device on the planet as far as, as far as I'm aware, you know, I don't really know of anything else that's, uh, that's a whole lot stronger than the newbie, but the pulses per second is, is huge. Like you talked about that and the DC current that, it, that it offers the DC current allows the muscle to lengthen AC causes it to contract 
We don't want to contract the muscle because we know contracting muscle can't absorb force. We need to be able to absorb more force. But then also when you get into the AC unit type of stuff, and this is where it, I'm going to, I will admittedly say we should probably get, Garrett's already said he's going to come on our show again, but we should get Garrett on because I asked him one day, him and I were just talking, and I was trying to get him to kind of explain to me a little bit about how currents work and you know, we understand microcurrents like a very low-level subsensory current, but then you got AC and then DC current above that as well. But it's like the different types of waveforms and you know how like the hertz and all that you know plays a role. And he got he got way over my head. Sure, <laughs> like I'm I'm not an engineer, man. But I like we need to get him on again, and maybe we can you know talk about that a little bit more. Um, but what we do understand from like an AC-based current is. And I, I assume the Mark Pro is like this, but I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn on them. So if y'all are listening, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But we know things like a TENS unit and AC current will actually, like, they work on, like, this superficial, you know, nerve level. So, like, they'll basically inhibit pain receptors. So it's kind of like taking a Tylenol and, like, sticking your finger in a light socket. Well, the, the, and that's frequently what I'll tell people about a TENS unit. A TENS unit yeah. is made, it's, it is, its intent is to right. interrupt the pain signal. Not to, yeah, exactly. right, it's, and they don't claim to create a therapeutic value to the tissues. I mean, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not the objective of a TENS unit. It is to truly, so, it's truly to get rid of a headache by stomping the toe, you know. Right, uh, <laughs> right, and it seems like the Mark Pro's got a little bit more of kind of this like pumping massage type of quality right, to it. Right, because, the, because it, it cycles on contraction and then off contraction and, you know, so yes, to answer mm-hmm. your question. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, there's a big difference. I'm sure there's a good benefit to the Mark Pro, you know, in some respects. And, I, you know, I think they said they'd like to come on the show, oh, yeah. so I would love to yeah, have them. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just learn a little more. I know it's huge in the baseball world, and, you know, it's all about getting good information out there to everybody and, you know, whether we have it at our facility or yes, not. Yes, absolutely. So, and we and we plan on, you know, certainly getting some of these things, you know, cleared up because, you know, I know we're not doing Mark Pro justice because neither John nor I use the mark and we've never used the mark pro it's not yeah, we're not yeah, anti-mark absolutely. pro we just are not familiar mm-hmm. with the with it other than what we've discussed with the representatives from that company so yeah yeah definitely definitely so maybe we can get them on and dig into it a little bit deeper but from our baseline understanding that's kind of the big right. difference you know that, that we know at this time and yeah i know a lot of people that use them i've heard great i've heard great yes. things so you know mark pro guys don't hate us you know I, i've heard great things about it so We'll love to, you know, learn a little bit more, but hopefully that kind of answers the question. We're able to do a lot more movement with the newbie, that neuromuscular re-education. That's what the FDA, you know, one of the things the FDA has cleared the newbie for is that neuromuscular re-education, that ability to move with the current. Right. Um, and that's huge. That's kind of the big difference, at least in, in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, yeah, man, we'll, we'll hopefully follow up with these Mark Pro guys and, and get them on the show. And dig Absolutely. In all right, question yes. two. Yes, so this was more of a, um, it, it kind of stemmed out of our uh, interview that we had with Dr. J. And it, it kind of brings to my mind, when, whenever we do an interview, a lot of times you and I, John, have a frame of reference that we realize that once a, you know, a, a parent or someone else, they listen to it and they're like, I don't understand what that means. Well, I think that's where this question was coming from. One of the questions was when Dr. J was referring to this this particular patient not knowing where her injured foot, or in this case it was an injured ankle, but the athlete did not know 
where her injured foot was in space. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, well, um, my understanding is she truly, like her, her brain was maybe a little ahead of where the foot was, maybe a little bit behind where the foot was, but she might put that foot down and her brain is a little bit ahead of it or a little bit behind it. What, what is your take on that question? Yeah, so of course you give me the really complicated one, <laughs> and the one that, and the one that if I get wrong, Doctor J is gonna, you know, text me. Yeah, yeah that's all right. Uh, man, I mean, that's a it's a loaded question. I think there's a lot of different reasons. I, it genuinely means exactly what it sounds like, though, is that you know the nervous system has basically shut it off and it is moving away from it. And <laughs> I, I'm gonna give you the most like southern reference ever cool because it, it just it's on yep. my mind right Bring it now because like i was talking to mandy my wife with the, about it before like we just got like all these new chickens right and like these little chicks like they have started picking at like the little runt and like kick the runt of the litter out and they've kind of kicked it out and i can kind of see it being the same way like when we have this injury the brain wants to kick that, you know, out. It's the runt of the litter. It's the weak point. It wants to get away from that, and it needs to survive. And so it will naturally create this inhibition around areas, and communication processes will, will get out of whack. And so it doesn't mean that, like, if you take a step that, like, you can't, you can't physically land that or you can't physically move your toes – that's, I don't think that's, that's not what we're referencing. Your brain is going to figure out a way around it, okay? But it kicked the little, you know, the runt of the litter away, all right? And then what it's doing is it's just trying to compensate around that. So it leads to all these other compensations up the chain. How about that chicken reference? Oh, uh, that, that was reference? awesome. Yeah, that's, that, yes, really good. Yes. I, I, I thought it was yes. pretty good. Um, so, you know, when you're looking at trying to, get your brain to get back in touch with the joint, all right? So you, you have to eliminate those threats, eliminate that imbalance in the nervous system, um, you know, and there can be a number of different things that could cause that. There could be like a cerebellum weakness. So like just the part of the brain that helps coordinate movement and posture, that area may kind of be down-regulated. It may go into something a whole lot deeper. Um, what What's it called, Chris? I can't, I don't know the technical term, but it's like, uh, Dr. J and I have talked about it before, but like using the mirror to like re-educate. Right. I, I think it, uh, I want to say it's called, it's actually called mirroring or, or actually you literal, but yes, yeah. kind of teaching, yeah. using yeah. your right arm to teach the left arm what to do, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, it could be something, uh, you know, it could even go, you know, further than that, but just from the baseline of it, our joints are so neurologically rich that if you think about it, a lot of injuries tend to happen at a joint or near a joint and so because there's so much feedback there if there is you know a tissue problem so to speak those receptors are just like when you touch your foot and you feel that that's a receptor sent out to your brain those receptors are going to kind of start acting haywire because they're just going to try to work around that injury if yes. that makes sense and so that's ultimately where you have to come in whether you use something like like I'm a I'm a neurotarget guy I'm a Dr J you know trainee and so I utilize neurotarget there are some other systems that you know do some similar things not what neurotarget does but eliminate those threats rebalance the nervous system and then you can come in and address the tissue component with something like the newbie 
and then you know you can work on creating better feedback from that joint so let's just say it's your ankle once the muscles are turned back on they're doing their job the, it, the muscles are absorbing force force isn't going into that injured area anymore you know then the newbie comes in assists with that tissue quality side of things and then the third element would be the strength side of it so you could introduce things like you know altitude drops or whatever to you know baseline strengthening to help reinforce how that afferent feedback or that feedback from that ankle is getting back up to the brain to remind it like hey i'm here and i'm healthy and i'm right. good Aff afferent being from the ground back to brain and the signal from say the foot in yeah. this case back to the brain not the other way around that would be efferent correct efferent is brain back right. to limb and afferent is limb back to brain okay so yes that is what I said. Yeah, right? you said you said yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> just making yeah. sure it is so, early on a yeah. Monday morning. But yeah, I'm like I'm pretty sure. So yeah, said, making yeah. sure that everyone knows what a a, a ferrant versus e ferrant. You know, just knowing the difference. So, but the interesting thing is with something like that is someone does not have to have injured tissue to actually have some of these some of this mistiming. I mean, in other words, in other words, the joint could still be, could still have an altered signal back to the brain, and yet that person is not experiencing pain, at least not yet. Correct. Sure. I mean, you've tested many people. Yeah, sure. I would so, so is that person? Let's say that person who is not who has not been neurotargeted. They're coming into you, John, for the very first time to be to have a neurotargeting session. Do they have to have pain? To have to to show some of these, uh, I'll call it neurotargeting weaknesses, or does almost everyone have pain? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, I, I'll usually do a comprehensive exam mm -hmm. on everybody. You know, if I'm going through that, so I'll go through what you know we call the basic eight, and then I'll I'll dig deeper. I usually like to get into the lower leg, so we'll kind of stick with that you know subject. So we're looking at anterior tip, posterior tip, you know, those muscles. Are they firing? And sometimes somebody may be coming in because their back hurts or something or, you know, shoulder. But I still usually check those and just, be, you know, and sometimes things mm -hmm. are shut off, but they don't have any pain. in Right. Their and so, like, honestly, a lot of times there was a prior injury there years ago, but other times there's not. It's just the muscle is mm -hmm. shut off. And that could be for any number of reasons. I mean, that could be. There could be a hormone issue. There could be a digestive issue. There could be a mineral issue. You could get into the meridian side of it. There could be a meridian issue. There could be a movement quality issue. Just the joint capsule itself is just restricted. Like, it just doesn't move very well. And that will inhibit, you know, muscular activation. So is well. that person more you know, susceptible so like, to an injury? I, I would say so, yeah, absolutely, because if a muscle is shut off, then we know a muscle can't absorb force, and if a muscle can't absorb force, that force is going to travel somewhere else, and it's just a matter of time before that area gets to the point where it says, I'm done, mm -hmm. you know, and something happens, but that could be, that area that it takes the brunt could be another muscle causing tightness, we've talked about that before, it could be, you know, a tendon, a, a ligament, a, a bursa, a disc in your back, neck, whatever, you know, it's just... If the muscle isn't turned on, it force is going to transfer somewhere else, and you can't you can't out strengthen that. You can strengthen it all you want. The ability of the muscle to absorb force is like it's controlled by the light switch. If the light switch doesn't send the signal to the light bulb, it doesn't matter what type of bulb you put in the ceiling. You can do everything you want, but it's not going it's not going to change it. 
Now, the way I see it is you can clear out that pattern. So, like, you can make that ankle super strong. Cool. You know, but we also got to have that signal there. You know, so so the signal from the light switch gets to the light bulb, which is the ankle. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's where, you know, I get into a lot of movement quality stuff as well. You know, so, like, you know, does a person, are they able to land inside ankle bone high when they're moving? You know, or does their foot collapse or... You know, there's just there's so many different factors. Do they have proper articular control, joint control? Like, can you do a big foot circle? Like, if you're just trying to, like, draw. Say you have a. We've talked about Dr. J. Like, say you have a laser on your mm -hmm. foot, right? And like, can you make and that laser's pointing to the ceiling, right? So you're sitting down on the ground, legs are straight, lasers on your foot. Can you make a good circle with that laser? You'd be shocked the amount of people that can't do that. It's like so can you isolate that joint without other joints being involved? Right. Yeah. So, you know, just my take on, of course, this is my take on Dr. J's response to, to the ankle issue. And that is, you know, in this particular person that I witnessed him treat, she had, she still had injured tissue. She still had a sprained ankle. However, she, when she walked in, she had a massive limp. When she walked out, she had almost no visible limp whatsoever. Her ankles. Was this the lady coming in for the shoulder issue and Dr. J found the ankle? No, no, she was coming in else. for an ankle issue. Dr. J treated the okay. ankle issue, happened to find a shoulder, you know, shoulder issue. Okay, oh, just happened okay, to find okay. the end part of the process. Gotcha. But, okay, yeah, so, I mean, like, like you said, when I always say there's like a 50-50 shot, okay? When so, let's say somebody comes in. And it's an ankle thing, right? Remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a PT. I'm not trying to treat that. My job is to identify the origin of the problem. And the origin is going to be neuromuscular. It's going to be brain sending muscle or sending signal mm -hmm. to muscle. Okay. Now, if we can get that problem solved, then the numbers probably aren't like this. But I usually just say it's a, there's a 50-50 shot. There's a 50-50 shot of either A, your body able to, to handle that inflammation or handle that situation on its own, such as maybe the case with this lady, like something was just so shut down, but her body had actually been trying to work on that inflammation, but it just shut it all down. And then all of a sudden you turn it back on and the brain's like, oh, cool. I know what to do. And it's not damaged a ton. So all of a sudden you're able to walk in. Or the other side of it is the area is so inflamed. It's so damaged. There's so much restriction or something extreme it's torn for example like a torn acl you know that just putting the body back in balance turning the muscles back on it's not going to be enough you have to have another you know intervention for us that's where the right. duty comes in but you know i also do things like recode work too you know so like you know back a back problem like okay get the muscles turned back on great maybe they don't need the newbie maybe the back feels better but it's like look every time you move inside ankle bones collapse your foot collapses here's what happens up the chain hey we need to do some recode work and and kind of get good feedback up to the brain and so you had kind of have these two scenarios there's how i like to break right. it down um you know, i don't know does that make it any does sense it does so just like you know i'm gonna again this is kind of based on my you know what i heard dr j talk about but you could have you could have no tissue injury whatsoever and yet have a, you know, a, a uh, neuro response test that tests weak. All right. It could happen. Yes. So. Yes. That, 
See it a lot with overtraining. Absolutely. For or, or like you said, digestive issues or whatever. But it, it, I mean, any number of things can yeah. cause it. So let's just go back to that same ankle. But let's say this time we have an ankle that is not, has no tissue damage. Okay. This is another individual has a weakness, that neuro, a neural response test that tests weak. So in other words, now this person, when they put their foot on the ground, even though there's no tissue injury, okay, now that, that person's brain doesn't know exactly where that foot is. It may, let's say the brain's receiving, is sending the signal, and the foot's not getting it until a hundredth of a second too late. All right, it's getting the signal. One one hundredth of a second too late. Well, now that could be just the amount of time it takes. That person steps in a hole. It doesn't, the signal doesn't get there quite fast enough. And now ankle is sprained because the force absorption muscles you're referring to that aren't working properly. It's just a hundredth of a second too late. That's a little bit too late. Now those, those forces go into the tissue. The tissue gets sprained or strained. That's my understanding how this, you know, not knowing where the limb is in space, even if there's no current tissue damage, can actually lead to a tissue damage somewhere down the road. And that's, you know, my best understanding. Did that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I, I can think of two, or uh, let me preface in saying, like, that's one of the benefits of NeuroTarget is we clear that interference out, all right? But now to what level do we drive like these, the neurons, you know, like what level do we get them firing at? Dr. Jade probably dig in, you know, we'd have to talk to him a little bit more about that. I, what I usually talk about is, you know, we, we drive them up enough to know that when we test at least right after and, you know, a few hours after that, everything's firing. But somebody, we may turn them back on and, and that, that hundredth of a second is cleared out as you know, it likely should be. But then, you know, an hour later, something has already slowly started to shut off again. And that can happen because ultimately when you look at, you know, motor patterns and you look at like the hierarchy of importance, you know, in our brain and like how our brain tells our body what to do, like muscles are not all that important. We need them because they need to protect us, but they're not all that important because our body's just going to try to survive. So you may have, for example, a hormone issue that is, you know, really out of whack and we put you in balance but then an hour later something is already shutting mm -hmm. down because your body's trying to divert that energy so that delay could come right. back that quick right and so i have to explain that to people all the time but there's so many different factors that play a role, right right and that's where having somebody like dr j can answer that you know a, a little bit but that's where with somebody like me, like I have great healthcare providers that, like Jennifer out, out here at Delta. She's awesome because, you know, she can look at different things that I sure. can't, you know, like th there may be a, you know, some blood work that needs to be done or something like that. And we start putting the piece right. of the puzzle together. But, you know, yeah, you're right. Just, just because the muscle shut off does not mean that you currently right. have pain. It's no different than this, you know, this past weekend with me. You know, I'm sitting here with a newbie on my back currently as we do this because I was feeling good all weekend building a deck all of a sudden last night hits and it's like oh my gosh my back is killing me you know so did i have pain at that time no did i have a muscle shut off when i was building the deck yes did i know it though no i didn't 
I had no idea until right. it's too late. And by the way, quick shout out to uh, Sean Sherman and Square One. I mean, that's one of the things yeah. that, that that they instruct us in, and that is, you know, find it clear out if there's a particular movement pattern, which we do frequently in sport. Like if a pitcher keeps shutting off in, a, say, you know, after they throw the ball, well, we got to clear that so the brain does not find for a pitcher that the motion yeah. of throwing a pitch their brain finds that as a threat. <laughs> that would not be good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to share. I'm going to share yeah. another story yeah. on that one too. I don't even know if I've ever shared this with you before. Maybe I have. So, I've start. I've over the last couple of years, I started muscle testing guys, checking their mm-hmm. pitches, because what ended up happening was one of our one of our athletes, our high school pitchers. He's in the SEC and he's dominating nice. right now. Shout out to him. I'm not going to use his name, but. Um, yeah, he had a pretty uh, pretty solid weekend. Um, you you met him. Yeah, we came down to Birmingham yeah. together once. Yeah, um, yeah. So he was having. We were going through some like elbow, shoulder, some. I don't remember. Um, and we just, I just, we were like, we're just gonna check your pitches. And what ended up happening was we'd get a indicator muscle. He'd throw, you know, a change up. We check it again. Fine. Change the grip. Muscle test again. Boom. Everything shuts down. And so we literally changed the grip on how he threw. And within, I want to say, what was it, like two weeks? Maybe not even two weeks. Maybe it was just a week. He went from like 95 to like 99 Ooh. in literally like a week cool. or two weeks. I, I kid you not. Um, and he, he is going to come on the show at, at some point. We've been talking back and forth, so he'll confirm that story. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Like I started, I do that with yeah. all my pitchers now. You know, because again, maybe there's a restriction like in the in the thumb or something. You know, and so you throw that, you try to throw that circle change, which I hate that pitch for some reason. Even though it's the most common changeup grip there is, I see more issues with that one. I see guys stop throwing that circle change, and all of a sudden things get a whole lot better. I don't know why. I Just have something. no idea. I can't answer. So, so guys, don't ask right. me. Brain finds know. it as a threat. <laughs> That's all we do know. I, yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I will openly admit, I, I. I that I got that idea from um, whoever the doctor is that runs neurokinetic therapy, um, which I which I think is very cool. It's again, it's kind of mm-hmm. in the same wheelhouse. But yeah, anyway, so it's like you know the yep. muscle shut down, and I don't know, man. I thought well, it was very interesting. So I don't even know where I was going. Oh, with that, it's just it's really just cool fi- what here. what what your brain finds as a threat. I mean, we found a very specific mm-hmm. part with some of our pitchers, and it would be say a right-handed pitcher when they turn their head to the right, so. Anytime someone was on second base and they were trying to hold the runner on, their body would shut off or part of their, you know, some, some would shut off. I mean, they're like, <laughs> you can't have that. Now imagine a right-handed pitcher looking left, you know, throwing out the stretch. Now, every time you look left, throwing out yeah. the stretch, you're going to shut down. Done so it's like, uh, you know, Done you don't too. want movement patterns to, you don't want your brain to find movement patterns to be a threat. That's, you want it to be smooth right. and, and, and strong. So um, yeah, you know, and, and I, I, well, I go back to Dr. Macon as well, because in her book, The Resonance Effect, uh, you know, and she even said it on our show, was that inflammation leads to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation leads to scarring. Yes. That, yes. That and is, there was calcification uh, yes, right. in there. Yes. Yeah. There's, There's one, one other one yeah, yes. in there. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But I've got it highlighted in the book because I've referred to that all the time because 
I think about that. Is there anybody so, we have not given a shout out? That, if, I think we've given everybody a shout out today. So if we have not, we we're yeah. so, yes. Well, so, anyway, yeah. sorry. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if we if we've not given you a shout out today, it means we don't like you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but but so you look at that and okay, what is the like electrical transmission of scar tissue? Somebody knows that I don't. But like, how is that different than traditional like tissue or muscle? I. I I don't know, or but I, there's clearly yes. a difference because the newbie can find that. They find that electrical disconnect. So if you have a muscle that's shut off and it creates inflammation somewhere because force is traveling somewhere it shouldn't be, that constant inflammation will create some type of scar. And that scarring could be anywhere, could be minor or severe, but that will interfere with how the brain interprets where you are in space yes. as well. Like, because it's a change in the electrical capacity of the tissue. And so, like I said, this, the question is a great question, but it goes like, we kind of got off topic, but that's fine. It's good stuff, but it's, it's a loaded question. There's so much there. I right. Think absolutely. All that. Yeah. Good. Well, hopefully, hopefully we got, uh, we got a good deep answer for the question asker. So, yeah, yeah. So we appreciate you uh, submitting that. I hope uh, I hope I didn't confuse yeah. you more, um, but there's probably a good chance that I did. Yeah. Um, well, it's all good. <laughs> feel, yeah. Feel free to message me. Let me know if I can help you. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's a that's the show here, guys. We're gonna cut it a little short today, but that's your show. Remember, there is a fee, guys. We ask that you share the show. All right. Leave us a review. Those are two things we ask. If you listen to the show, if you're an active listener leave a review and share the show. And I don't know anything about podcast numbers, but from what I hear from people who do like our show is doing very, very well. And so we appreciate that. And I know there's a lot of people that listen, so please share the show. All right. Just help us grow this, help us with this movement of getting through all the BS that's out there and, you know, getting you in touch with the people that can truly help you. So um, share the show guys. We appreciate you. Love you guys. you guys. Have a great day. Absolutely. Chris, talk to you later, brother. Talk to you soon. See you.